0: This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all around the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life. And as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Today's awesome and inspiring best... I'm so freaking excited about because this is a weird one. He actually interviewed me. So I love when this happens. But before we get to him, let me just tell you a little bit about Paul Brody. This, this is impressive because you know how I've been struggling and finally got my book written. So to hear that he is freaking 14 time best-selling author. What the freak? I mean, that's just incredible. It's incredible. He's also a book publisher. Ooh, ooh, that works out well. I could have used that many years ago. And he's an, ooh, this is getting better and better, and an executive ghostwriter. His main goal is to help people share their story. Well, we like that. Welcome, Paul. How are you?
0: Hey, how you doing?
1: Good. So just remind me, are you in Texas, or am I just making
0: that whole thing up? I am in the great state of Texas. I forget where in Texas, though. So we're in Arlington, which is right in between Dallas and Fort Worth. We refer to it as the heart of the metroplex, and I live approximately ten minutes away from Cowboys Stadium, home of the five-time Super Bowl champion Dallas Cowboys and the zero-time uh, World Series champion Texas Rangers.
1: Oh, so are you a Dallas fan?
0: I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm not. ai don't. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm a huge fan of the city of Dallas, but I like the sports yeah. teams because most of them play outside the area. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Well, you know, I'm here in Philly, so that's going to raise some ruffles, but we'll just get through that, Paul.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love Philly fans. I tell you what, you guys are some of the most loyal fans out there. And I love the fact that the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So that's the one day of my life I was rooting hard for Philly in the NFC East.
1: Okay, All right. We have a common bond there. So there you go. So. Anyhow, so I was reading through, you know, your profile here because, the, when, you know, let's tell them a little bit about how we met because you highlight authors, right? That's what you do on your podcast.
0: I do because I truly feel that everyone has a story. So we interview people that are either writing the first book currently or have already published a book or, or several books. But the main thing is I want people to talk about their story, talk about their journey and how it transitioned into their book.
1: Yeah, and it's great because, I mean, I put some authors on here, but that's not my main thing. And you know, you know, you pull your heart and soul into those books.
0: It's like giving birth. Not that yeah. I would notice, I'm a dude, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I keep hearing. But people like, say that like all the time.
1: Birth. It's like giving birth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a passion project. It's something that they put their hearts and souls into. And I think one of the main reasons that so few people actually ever get published is because they're scared to share that. They don't think that they're an expert or they have imposter syndrome. And one thing I tell everyone is everyone has a story. Everyone has something they're great at. So why wouldn't you want to share that with the world?
1: You know – I love that you say that, but it is true. Like even I have a friend and she, um, I have a lot of friends, but one of my friends, she is writing her first book and she got a, you know, she got a publisher and she was freaking tried forever. And so finally it's coming out in in November and you know, like how that thrill and excitement, but then she said to me, Sandy, were you scared shitless? Like that, you, you, you know what I mean? Like you're so excited that you're getting it out there, but then you're scared shitless because holy shit, I'm getting it out there. And you're afraid of how people are gonna receive it. You know, you work years and years on it and you can't wait, I gotta get an agent, gotta get a publisher, gotta get all that, gotta get it done. And then you're like, oh crap. I mean, I don't know if you experienced that, but I know a
0: lot of authors too. So it was a little bit of both. Four years ago, around this time, I finished my first book, Format In was about to end with it, I was spending eight hours a day learning everything about the publishing process and then eight hours a day learning everything I could about the marketing process. And what happened was, yeah, it was a little bit nervous, but it also gave me this huge rush. And the funny thing is, I still get that rush for every one of my books and every one of my clients' books. So the last three weeks straight, we have been launching books. And it's yeah. been so fun seeing our, our authors become, you know, number one bestsellers they're happy with it. They're excited. But the thing is we make yeah. it fun. And I think that's the biggest thing. Is, hey, check this out. Or, Hey, you're kicking butt today. Look what you're doing over here. Isn't this awesome? Look at this podcast interview we got for you. So it's one of those things where we make it fun and exciting and going, Hey, this is about you and your brand. You're finally getting your opportunity to, to share your story so enjoy it and they love it especially when they're going up the sales rankings and they're seeing no one bestseller they're seeing themselves against certain books that they've read up read in the past during the launch phase that's always the really fun, exciting part. And to me, the marketing, that's always, the, that's my favorite part because I always get really excited and see all the, um, how things kind of change with our authors and how it changes yeah. their lives where so they go, man, I'm legit. I'm actually a best selling author or I'm a published author and I can share this story. And it's just, it's just so great to kind of see that little light click on, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. It's very rewarding what you do on, on all the ends, you know? Yeah. So let's let's back up a little bit because, like we said, I'm sure there's a lot of you, you know, people out there that have stories they want to tell, and they're like, wow, you're gonna pump them up to tell your story. That's really great. But the biggest thing that I want to talk about, because we do have a big health and wellness and fitness crowd out there, yeah. is holy moly. That's all I have to say. Paul. Holy <laughs> moly. We were, we were looking at tips and takeaways for um, Paul, and he says, sharing my own story about being near 340 pounds with borderline type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure. And the doctor telling him, you'll be dead in five years, you don't change your lifestyle. I mean, well, we could spend a month on that one. How long ago was that?
0: So this whole journey started eight years ago. Eight years ago, May 2011, And as you just said, I was a mess. And I had no idea I was in that bad, bad of a shape. I was wrapping up my third year teaching. I was teaching English as a second language here in Arlington at the junior high level. And I was just feeling like I was feeling terrible last couple, couple of days prior. And one of the things that was happening was.
1: Okay. Back up. You said you were teaching. Yeah,
0: I was a full-time teacher.
1: Okay. I did not know that.
0: I was a teacher for nine years. So I'm wrapping up my third year and
1: and what, wait, wait, what did you teach? English is
0: English a second language, yep. Okay, yep, yeah. sorry. No, you're good. Go so ahead. So a couple nights prior, I started having some issues. I couldn't sleep, and when I was sleeping, I felt like I was having a heart attack. So it scared the hell out of me. So I realized, okay, I need to go see a yeah. doctor about this. So that Monday, after I was done teaching all day, went to the doctors, and- told me exactly what you just talked about. I was near three hundred and forty pounds. I was borderline type two diabetes, which runs in my family. We're borderline um, high blood pressure. Doctor told me straight up, hey, you're a mess. If you don't get your act together, you will you will be dead in five years. And when he said that to me, I just something clicked. And I was like, okay, I'm going to fix course. this. And he said, you know, he said, the good thing is, Paul, is that like you're such a high weight that even if you just trim a few things right now, you'll you be able to drop weight. It said your challenge will be to keep the weight off because your metabolism is going to change. You might have some thyroid changes, especially when you're getting older. But you you can do this. So I went out, I laid out a plan, implemented it. I dropped 60 pounds over the next few months. And the main thing is I was able to do, Sandy, what less than 5% of this population can do. It's not just about losing the weight. It's about keeping the weight off. And I kept the weight off yeah, and I was yeah. inspired to write a book about it. But here's the thing. And this, I'm sure this sounds familiar. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to get a book published. I didn't know about getting a publisher or self-publishing or whatever method we we're going to do. So it just, it stuck in my head for up to four years, four years later, it's 2015 summertime. And I had a couple friends that actually published a book. They had a lot of success. And uh, one of my buddies in particular, was going, Paul, You can do this. So I was thinking, why do I keep holding off? So we're on a family trip to Vegas, of all places. We're in mid-flight, and I'm thinking to myself, why do I keep putting this book off? I was like, screw it. I'm just going to get the thing written, and I will worry about the rest later. The next next morning, I'm at the Mirage at at Poolside, and I was so inspired, Sandy. I actually typed out the entire outline of the book on my iPhone. Whoa. On my iPhone right there. Made a few tweaks as we were going throughout the rest of the trip. Got back um, July 4th, I believe it was. So over three days on that July 4th holiday, I wrote my my first draft, 20,000 plus words. And then I had to realize, okay, now what do I need to do? So what happened? Those eight hours of research for publishing and those eight hours of research for marketing. Because I knew that marketing was going to be just as important as publishing. Because you could write the greatest book in the world. But if you don't market that sucker, it's going to fall right into that Amazon rainforest because you've got millions of books out there at Amazon, and they're just going to fade if you're not marketing that book correctly. So I found a for- I found an editor who's edited all my books. I found a formatter who's formatted all my books, so I was able to build some long-term relationships where I actually brought them on with my publishing company as well as, as part of our staff. So we were able to build that up. We found a great book cover designer. And we've got him, and we got her, and a couple of other people that help us now uh, with that side of things with the business. So we were able to establish long-term relationships four years ago that we still utilize to this day on the publishing end, and then on the marketing end. I, you know, I get to learn about all these different sequences, all these launch strategies, social media versus book promos. I mean, all the different things that you look at when you're launching a book: traditional PR, podcasts, going on different shows. And we put a game plan together that August 2015, we launched this book while I was at a national conference for my business fraternity that I was in. And we actually launched the book that week to coincide with with that conference. And it became a number one bestseller. And then what happened was I was so inspired after that first book, I wanted to do my second and third books. And they were actually based off of motivational seminars that I've been doing for a number of years so I was able to take a lot of the concepts and then just add to it. So motivation 101 I actually wrote in a week and then positivity attracts I was wow. teaching. So obviously when you're teaching you don't have a lot of spare time. But yeah, I had a yeah day where I wasn't feeling too good and somehow I got inspired and wrote that entire book. And to this day it's one of my, being one of my most successful books on the front end and that book was created in 24 hours. It was, That's and crazy. then when we launched that book, this is what this is what happened when it changed everything, Sandy. What changed everything was after that third book was launched, became my, my third bestseller, and we were crushing it. I mean, we were in the top 1,000 paid in all of Amazon, number one in multiple categories, subcategories, head categories. We were kicking butt. Yeah. That's crazy. So this is what happened. I then had fellow authors who I met online and readers that had subscribed to my email list. They reached out and go, hey – We've seen you've got three number one bestsellers in these last few months. Can you help me with my book? Can you help me share my story? And that's when everything changed. Yeah. So for the next year and a half, I was teaching during the day and I was coaching people at night on the on the writing, publishing, and especially the marketing aspects. So what happened was oh, yeah, gotcha, so we got gotcha, that face. Gotcha to the point where I was able to leave that $60,000 a year teaching position to focus on the publishing side and marketing full time in June 2017. And we've been doing it ever since. And I tell you, it's the best decision that I ever made. And it's just so amazing that it all started with a health crisis And then it started with writing a book yeah. on that health crisis yeah. and then just how everything just snowballed from there.
1: Well, I mean, well, that is an incredible story, and I really appreciate you. Like you broke it down eloquently. Like I love everything about that journey because it's so pat. Like when you are talking, you can see how inspired you are. You know, what I mean? like you are just like, yeah. and then this happened, and then this happened, and it, and then that happened, and that happened. But I think the main thing which you were saying before, everyone has something they're great at and yes. everybody has their story. Your story was so real to you. And it was so like, there's no way, like you were saying like this health risk, how it translated into this whole new business that you never even imagined. Right. But you were willing to share your story and your journey and you had success. You know, you know what I'm saying? And that's in this industry, when I, you know, because I've been in the health and yeah. fitness industry for how long? Like you said, 5%, maybe keep it off, yeah. maybe, right? And I think that's when you look at it, that's how they're what making billions of dollars in that industry because it's up, oh, down, God. up, down, up, down. But if you were able to give insight on how you were able to keep that weight off, I mean, that's incredible. Like that's incredible, and so can, do you mind if we talk more? I mean, I know they can. You have eat less, move more, but can we talk just? I would really love to get into a little bit more of the psyche about how you really
0: did. Yeah, absolutely. It and I will tell you, we did go up and down. I went to a point where I put back about thirty pounds, realized it, took it right back off, and I think it's one of the biggest things is you cannot settle. And it's tough because you're essentially going to – you're changing your lifestyle, but you're also having to cut out certain things. And with me, what I had to do because I have gluten issues is I had to cut out bread. And I, I am on a thyroid pill now. I take – okay. what is it? MP, throid, I think it is. It's like 60 milligrams. It's never changed, so it's been the same pill I've taken for the last few years. But because those things did happen, I did develop some thyroid issues. It's also hereditary. My mom's had some issues with that. So is my sister. So it's one of those things where you have to look at other things. There are other factors. And for those people out there that want to lose weight, but most importantly, want to keep it off, I'm going to tell you the best thing you can do is you need to go and get regular checkups with your doctor. And as I'm saying this, I'm practicing, practicing what I preach because tomorrow I'm having my six month check with my doctor just to make sure that everything is on level. And of course, with that, there's the dreaded weigh in. So yeah. one of the great motivations is when I know there's a Wayne coming up, suddenly my health, my um, health regimen is um, impeccable.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know yeah, I'm going yeah. to
0: getting on that dang scale.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, so, so then I, you said like, which I think people need to hear. It wasn't just all rosy. Like you didn't no. just go and drop 60 pounds and no. just keep it off.
0: And that's why I wanted to write the book, Sandy, because I wanted to talk about the warts, the challenges All the things that you're going to deal with Um, when you get stuck on a plateau, when you don't lose weight for a while. One of the things that um, I had to do a year and a half ago was have my testosterone boosted a little bit. So I had to have a procedure to get that done. And one of the things that the the nurse was telling me is like, hey, you're probably not going to see a weight loss for a while, no matter how healthy you do, because you're gaining muscle. You got some other things going on. So you don't get discouraged. And she was right. I was impeccably healthy working out yeah and there was no weight coming off so that's some of the things that you have to realize is it's not necessarily about that scale as long as you're not putting on 15 to 20 pounds while eating healthy and everything then who cares what weight you are if you're feeling good if your clothes fit well and you're feeling good and confident about yourself then do not worry what that scale has to say for a while because you're gonna hit plateaus you're gonna go up and down and you know what you gotta have some cheat meals too I, I do a cheat day every couple of weeks then that trip might be going to get a little bit of ice cream uh, bluebell well-known ice cream place here in Texas uh, great brand yeah they have a new ice cream cone flavor we took out a half a gallon thing within four days of that sucker so, or within three day weekend for July 4th so you have to also treat yourself but you also have to realize when it's time to get to work then it's time to get to work and I'm very lucky I've got a pool outside where I'm able to work out in there. I do a lot of running in place, things like that, where I can actually get the metabolism going, get the health going. But, you know, there's other things you can do with other exercises as well, but you also do have to do some sort of exercise. So I work at home, you know, I'm out and about running and gunning, but my base is at, at my home office here. And one thing compared to when I was teaching was there's a lot less movement. You know, you're not running around after kids, you're not taking them to recess or taking them to lunch or loading your car, doing everything else. So there is less um, exercise involved with that. So you have to be able to budget at least 10 minutes a day, at least 10 minutes to go out there, take a walk, run in place, get on an exercise bike, do some stretches, do something. But you have to exercise 10 minutes a day for mental health, But also for physical health, too, to get your body moving, because if you're eating everything healthy, that's great, and that's 90% of it is eating healthy, but you also have to be getting some exercise, too. So it's just realizing it doesn't have to be wind sprints, but you have to have some sort of exercise to keep your body moving because that also is going to keep, keep you mentally aware that's going to keep you mentally focused too, especially for those people that may deal with depression and things. I have battled depression my entire life. And fortunately for the most part, I have kept it down. But part of the reason I'm able to battle it is that I do exercise daily to kind of get rid of that negative energy when you have it.
1: Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. I mean, that's something that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to and, I, I know 100% that you're right. I mean, the more you eat healthy and the more you move, it definitely makes your mood swing. I mean, it definitely, there's no downside. Whether you have anxiety, depression, whatever yep. it is, there's only an upswing. And I'm sure you can tell on the days when you do more how you feel.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's the thing, too, is just you gotta you have to make time. I mean, there's times we're doing a... We have another book launch going on right now. And it's actually for our own book. It's this huge 75 person project and it's been a lot of stress and there's been nights that I've been up. To
1: no way. How many person project?
0: 75. What? Yeah. And you want to talk about stress. You, you talk about proofreading a 59,000 word book over a week span and going, okay, it's 4am. So I need to go to bed, but also realizing during that, during those days that I've got to take a, an hour and get out to the pool and just so i can focus and disconnect and get some exercise in and relax. And that's one of the things no matter how busy you are, you have to make time for yourself and you have to make time to go out there and exercise and to focus and just and disconnect. You know, you got to disconnect from your phone. You have to disconnect from your laptop. When i go outside, the phone stays in. It can wait. Whoever's calling you, it can wait. You've yeah. got to make time for yourself. Otherwise, you're going to be a slave to that computer. You're going to be a slave to technology. And I'm seeing way too much of that right now from with others.
1: Yeah, you know? with others. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because people, you know, you see all these. I don't know about Texas, but in Philly, there's like a million fitness yeah. centers, like a million. Like We have so many different type of studios, you know, for everything, like whether it's boxing, ballet, you know. Everything you can possibly think of, of you know, multi training type facilities as well as health clubs. So you would think so many people are in amazing shape in the country, but it's really only the fit getting fitter.
0: Well, and the other thing with that, too,
1: do you, you know what I'm saying yeah, by well, that? The other
0: thing, too, is like, and, and I've dealt with this, I had a health club membership where, you know, for two years straight, I was always working out there in my 20s, but, but then you start you know, dragging on about life. You don't want to get in your gym gear. You don't want to drive to the gym. You don't want to mess with that. You don't want to deal with people because I, you know, I don't like working out in public. I like working out at home where I can just focus and you know have that linear approach with it. But one thing is that's an excuse. And what I feel too is
1: Well, whatever. Some people like their people love the gym. They love the community. They love the camaraderie. Some people, they really look forward to the instructor. You have to find out what works for you.
0: And that's why I emphasize just, you know, for now, work out at home, work out for 10 minutes a day, because that's where I'm comfortable. I don't like going to gyms. I don't like having to get all dressed up. So I took that excuse out. Right. Go outside and get on with it. Go do this. Or it used to be, you know what, I need to get my music mixed. no. I work out now without a music mix and I'm a huge proponent of music. But if I'm only having to work out for 10, 15 minutes a day, you don't need music for that. Get in that pool and get started. You know, stop making excuses. Yeah. That's, that's my biggest thing. And i tell sell it to yeah. myself. I'm like, Hey, stop making excuses with this. Get out there and get on with it. Everyone can do 10 minutes of exercise a day.
1: You know, I love that you're saying that because it, you know, you're talking to someone who owned, owned you know, health clubs and, and yeah. yet my big proponent for my book is just move a few minutes every single day, like to get in the habit, to get in the groove. I mean, I'm all about, you know, the ones who really love it. And, you know, they have an activity, whether it's, you know, swimming, walking, yoga, running, doesn't biking. And that they spend like an hour or two a day, but that's not what I'm going after. I'm going after making sure you do something, you know, like the people that already have their routine, Paul, that's great. But it's getting inside people's head. And this is what I loved, And that's why I really wanted to interview you because people do think if they don't have that hour, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they don't have that mindset that you do that even 10 minutes make a difference.
0: Well, and it's the power of habit when you start doing it and then you start getting a little streak together. So right now I've got a streak of two and a half weeks straight where I've gone out there and I've exercised in that pool for 10 minutes a day range, whatever, I don't care. I'm getting in that pool. If it means I'm out there at 10 a.m. or if I'm out there at 10 p.m. at night, which I've actually, with everything going on right now, I've done a few night workouts out there. So put on the okay. pool lights, get in there. The dog comes out with me. There's no excuse. Just get on with it. Make the time. Now,
1: keep in mind he's in Texas, all right? So that's why I like (laughs) that.
0: Yeah, it's (laughs) it's like 100 degrees right now. So we typically don't really work out there in the day. But if I do go in, we have a lot of trees and shade. So I'll work out like around 4 o'clock. But of late, I've been working out at 9, 10 o'clock at night. The thing is, there's always time to do it. So stop making excuses. And this is what I tell myself. So I'm not out there trying to preach to everyone. But I'm like, stop making excuses Get out there and just do it. Journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Lao Tzu.
1: Yeah, I, I love that you're doing that. I love that. And the thing is, so can can I ask a few questions? Do you mind about that? Go like, for it. so when you were talking about losing the weight, unless I'm, how long did it take you to take off the weight? Six months. Took you six months. Okay.
0: Keeping it off takes the rest of my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. Okay. So it took you six months. Did you only work out 10 minutes a day the whole time?
0: No, actually back then I had a whole different regimen. So now I'm older. It was 10, 10 minutes a day. I was working out probably three to four days a week and I was in the pool exercising in there, running in place for about 30 minutes with with the workout music and everything. But again, the big part of that, that helped but also changing your diet completely. Now, back then, before the gluten issues developed, I was able to have a little bit of bread. But the main thing was salads, steaks, and just making sure with the, the um, salad sauces, making sure they're the healthy ones. So non-GMO. Yeah. So I
1: guess you're not vegan or vegetarian, Paul.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, I'm Especially a carnivore from and I'm in Texas, Texas right? so we like our meat.
1: Yeah, that's funny. And, and you know, it's so funny. I mean, I embrace all, there's so many healthy ways to eat out there and I embrace so many of them and there's not just one way, but it's funny that, you know, I think you're one of the few that came on and go, yeah, and i ate steak.
0: <laughs> well, the, the main thing is that the main thing is you're eating that at home. When you go out, that's one thing I avoid. So I go out to eat maybe once and sometimes on a special occasion twice a week, but that's it because you don't know yeah. what's in that food. Unfortunately, we have a Lebanese restaurant here. A good friend of mine's actually, um, his pa- parents are the owners of the place, and it's phenomenal. It's healthy, it's great. I trust their food. yeah There's another one called JJ Cafe. It's a really good breakfast place, but I'm very particular, especially avoiding the franchises. So the one advice I do have are wings. I love wings. So, Wing Stop, we've got a place locally called No Frills Grill. That's the cheap meal. Yeah. But you know, it's not a regular thing. And I think that's the main thing and you know, and avoid the fast food. McDonald's, Whataburger, oh man. If you don't if you are having any questions about McDonald's, go watch the documentary Super Size Me. You will not be able to eat their food again.
1: Yeah, I I didn't reach it all the way through, but my son was telling me about that. It's crazy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, to see what that does on your body and for And just to tell your audience, some of them probably know the story, but um, I think it was Morgan Spurlock spent 30 days. All he did was eat McDonald's. And what changed, I mean, my God, he he gained weight. He felt horrible. He had a bunch of health issues. Everything was tested medically as he was going through this process. And just watching that alone, I was, uh, after seeing that, I was like, no, no McDonald's for me. No fast food if I can avoid it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was enough to scare you. Right.
0: Well, and it's tough. I mean, I've actually got a couple of buddies of mine. They're digital marketers. They're like brothers to me. They're always working up. They're both very fit. But of course, they're in their early 20s. So metabolism hasn't kicked in yet in terms of it slowing down. But I'm yeah. like, guys, don't eat that McDonald's all the time. Don't eat Whataburger. You know, have it once in a while. But, you know, don't do that. And of course, when I was their age, water-
1: I have to ask you, Paul, what's Whataburger?
0: Whataburger is the southern version of In-N-Out Burger, if you're familiar with In-N-Out in the West. Yeah, Atlantic. I know In-N-Out. Yeah. Yeah. So Whataburger is more kind of like Bluebell, Texas-based, uh, very big brand. In fact, one of the big debates in Texas is always what's better, Whataburger or In-N-Out Burger. So it, it's yeah. always a battle. It's just a really good fast food burger yeah. place. But yeah. what, what I was telling them is you know, you've got to be careful with that. Of course, it's the same guy, me. When I was their age, I was out, you know, college days drinking till 2 a.m., getting hungry, then stopping at Jack in a Box Water Burger and getting a to go order of a burger and not realizing I just ate 2,000 calories at 3 a.m. So it's just one of those things that you kind of learn as you're growing up. But I think it, the, the sooner that you can learn that, the better, just because uh, you're going to pay down the line. You're going to pay the price. And you don't have quick metabolism forever.
1: Yeah. You know, you're, you're, and plus, you know what? You can't work it off. I mean, it's not a matter of calories in or calories out. It's the quality of the food. You know what I mean? And no matter how much you work out, you you can't take that stuff out of your system. You you know what I mean? That's the bigger thing. Exactly,
0: Sandy. Exactly. And and also, I want to mention, too, and I was talking about when I eat at home, salads, steaks, chicken, and it's the good steaks. Um, I'm talking, Typically ribeyes, we're talking about nice roasts, things that are very lean. And um, the the same thing with chicken as well, just making sure you're getting some really good quality food. And yeah, it does cost a little bit more to eat healthy, but think about the money you're saving by not having to get that prescription or having to go see a doctor or having to see a cardiologist or any other specialized field because even with insurance these days, medical costs – are higher than ever. So forget the prescription, change your lifestyle. Yeah. Because when you change your lifestyle, you don't have to take the prescription.
1: Yeah, you know what? You're, you're so right. You're so right. But Paul, I mean, let's look at it. You want to motivate people and you want to tell them to do it because before it becomes a problem. Yeah. But you can understand how most people... Don't take action until it is, right? It's
0: human nature. It doesn't, it's all reactive and it's not proactive. And quite frankly, I was in the same boat. I was reactive to that health diagnosis where I'm going, okay, if yeah. I don't get this together, not only, yeah, you know, yeah, I might be able to survive a few years, but what if I relapse? And I, I'll give you another example. Yeah. So we're in Maui a couple months ago, a family trip. You know, when you're in Maui, you're going to enjoy Maui. It's so the last trip we were having down there is, Fifth and final trip over the last sixteen years, so we enjoyed it. Yeah, had great food, had a good time. But here's the problem: right near the end of that trip, I started feeling crappy. I started feeling run down. Yeah. I felt exactly how I felt years ago, and I'm like, okay, when I get back to the mainland, this is getting fixed immediately, and that's exactly what happened. But you have to be able to diagnose the signs too. So for those people that have lost the weight, you're having a good time, you're having a great trip. Yeah. Hey, enjoy yourself. Do a little gorging. Because you're, you're on vacation. You should enjoy it. But when you get back home, get back on, on your plan. Get back on that lifestyle adjustment. Because I get it. Everyone yeah. enjoys a cheat meal. Everyone enjoys vacation.
1: Yeah, but See, now I'm thinking in Maui, you would have eaten lots of fruit and veggies and all that stuff.
0: When's the last time you went to Maui? Oh,
1: it's been a while. Yeah, they got a
0: lot of good food. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. All delicious food. Yeah. so And a lot of it was healthy. But still, anytime you're changing your diet, anything that's going to be a little different variation, there's going to be a little junk food yeah. involved. And why not? you got, you got yeah, 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 to enjoy course. it. You're, They've you're got some babies. of the best food on the planet. they got great burgers over there, too. So my philosophy is when you're on vacation, you have to enjoy it. You have to kind of have that break. Because yeah. I also feel long-term it's good for your system having a little junk in there. But for a brief time, and then get, get back home and get back on your health plan. Get back to being healthy because – I think that's a good thing because it takes out the cravings. It's just don't do it for seventeen days. Now,
1: you, when you're saying, you're, how's your family eat? Like, you know, you because you, you're saying family vacation. Are they healthy eaters? For the most part,
0: for the most part, um, usually family vacations, I'll bring my mom with me. She's um, she just turned eighty two. She exercises every day. Pretty healthy lady. Eats healthy for the most cool. part. Enjoys her treats here and there, but um, you know, for the most part, she does pretty darn well. Now, my dad. That's a little different story. He's actually 190 pounds, but he's one of these guys that um, he does not eat healthy, but he works so hard and he, he rests so much when he needs to that he can get away with it. But not everyone can, gotcha. you know what I mean? Everyone's going to yep. be different. And for those that do kind of have those genes yep. that cause those challenges with a slower metabolism or with them, um, any type of thyroid issues, you got to be real careful. Because everyone's going to be different. As everyone listens to this show, you can identify your strengths and your weaknesses pretty quick. That's true.
1: So, Paul, let's just take a little bit of a turn here because normally I like to ask a little bit about, you know, when you were growing up. So when you were a child just dealing with this, how was your weight? I mean, did you ever have a weight problem?
0: So when I was growing up, my parents were both insurance executives. And we had um, some people call them all pairs. Some people call them nannies. I had a really good one, uh, a couple of really good ones when I was earlier in my youth and they kept me very healthy, were always wat- looking out for me. But then we had this lousy nanny for a couple of years and she didn't really care. So I was eating whatever. I mean, you know, you're a kid. Ooh, candy. Great. Ooh, fried chicken. Wonderful. And I, yeah. and I got I got fat. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. My weight's been up and down my entire life. So probably seven, eight years old, I put on weight and that's always tough because Kids, if there's anything different with you, they're going to notice and they're going to pick on you for it. I mean, that's human nature. So I was up and down and probably until I was 16. And when I was 16, I um, messed up because I said I've been up and down my entire life. I was drinking a lot of Dr. Peppers and stuff during the summer. I was about to enter enter band camp going into my sophomore year in high school. Got on a scale, 266 pounds at a 16 year old. And I'm like, okay, I got to change this. So this is the first time I ever really went on a hardcore regiment. And fortunately with marching band, that's one of the best workouts you can get. I went from 266 to 215 pounds within five months. Woo! And and that was, I was 16, which is good. I mean, come on, and it's high school. You want to look your best in high school. you got prom. You've got homecoming. And, you know, fortunately I had dates for all those events. But I feel a big part of that was too – taking care of yourself physically and mentally so i was able to get down to a really good weight i mean i was also a tall guy i mean right now i'm 6 3 so you know i was able to carry the carry the weight but you don't need to be carrying that level of weight at that age so marching band and eating healthy salads lots of salads lots of chicken lots of ham and that's how i was able to take off 50 pounds within august to thanksgiving of that year gotcha, gotcha. And, of course, being younger, having a quicker metabolism, that always helps. And the fact that I was yeah. still growing. All those factors help that you don't necessarily have when you're 40 yes, years yes, old. Yes, yes,
1: yes. And so then from 16?
0: From 16 on, we were okay. Um, I think I probably put on about 20 pounds senior year just because we were senior year, a lot of stress, college and all that. Then of yeah. the course you get to college and you put on the freshman 20, so that happened. Yeah, And then a few years later, took off the weight, went back down. And then that's, of course, when I started socializing, hanging out with people and the social fraternity I was at. And then, of course, what were we doing? Drinking, having a good time, 2 a.m. Hey, let's go to Jack in the Box. Hey, let's go to Whataburger. Yeah, that didn't end well. So put on a little weight, had to take it back off. So as you see, this has been a lifelong thing. And one of the biggest things you have to realize when you have this type of challenge is acceptance. You have to accept that you're going to battle pretty much every day of your life. And that's the biggest thing that I've realized, especially after um, the book got out and everything. I realized, you know, I need to do a sequel for this book down the line, but it's gonna, it needs to take a few years because I need to talk about the struggles, going up and down, getting older, dealing with thyroids, making further changes to your diet, cutting out certain things. And that's the end goals in the future is doing another book, where we're like, okay, this is a number of years later. This is what happened. This is what changed. This is what I've learned. This is what can help you. And I think that's one of the biggest things is just realizing this. It's an ongoing battle, and you constantly have to be dieted. As much as I hate that word, you do, especially if you want to keep the weight off because you you notice that less than 5% ever do. And I think the big reason is people become complicit. I became complicit. So it's one of those things where I constantly have to keep – Myself accountable, and I've asked my family to keep myself accountable. Fortunately, my dad he he takes one look, great. so I can gain a couple of pounds. To take care of that, and of course, <laughs> Scottish he's got the Scottish brogue as he's saying it. So the last thing you want to do is hear yeah. the brogue go, "Hey, you need to lose some weight."
1: Yeah, I think. Well, you know, that's really I really appreciate you. By the way, being so, I feel like you know you're being very vulnerable and telling us the truth because a lot of people like they. They sugarcoat it. And you're not sugarcoating it,
0: no. you know? And that's why I was so inspired to share this story because you don't sugarcoat. And that's always my philosophy. That's what I tell my clients. Share your soul in the book because every, as we talk about, everyone can write a book. Everyone can find a way to connect. But the number one thing is that connection, is connecting with your audience and building that relationship. Because when they can connect with you and realize you're not putting on the facade, you're not just pitching stuff, they realize, okay, this guy is real, this this lady is real, they care, I wanna connect with that person. And that's exactly what what we aim to do with our books and that's what we tell our clients. Be vulnerable, share the struggles because no one wants to read a book where everything is perfect, they're the world's greatest person, No one wants to hear that. They want to hear about the struggles, the challenges and how you overcame those and how you can help them. And that's what the end of the day is, the power of sharing your story. (laughs) No one wants to hear how great you are. (laughs) No, they don't. They want to hear about the vulnerabilities. Yes, if you've had success, great. But let's face it, my business, we've had a ton of success, but man, did we struggle. And and that's the thing that not, not enough people talk about are the struggles, Or starting a business, having to pivot, making changes, adding different elements. Because it takes forever to grow a business. It does not happen overnight. And when you hear these people going, you know, I built this business within five days and I'm a millionaire. That's a bunch of crap. It takes a lifetime to become an overnight success. And that's the one thing I always want to emphasize is you need to talk about the struggle you know, we always see those infomercials yeah. late at night about real estate investing or this, that, and the other. And you'll, you'll see a guy in a yacht with a bunch of beautiful women. And I'm going, come on, guys, you're trying to sell a lifestyle, but that's not the real story. The real story is when you're up till 4 a.m. working on a launch or, or developing a new yeah. product or service and doing yeah. that for consecutive days. Or sometimes you forget to eat lunch because you're working so hard, or you forget to eat dinner, or you forget to drink, or you forget to take a pill. These are the things that you have to realize you're so intertwined with your business that you're going to do everything possible to make it grow because when you work for yourself, you only have one boss and it's you. So you, you got to perform.
1: Yeah. And especially like, I I love that you say that because there are so many entrepreneurs out there and a lot of people do work from home and you do hear some of the success stories, but you're not, you know, when they say, Oh yeah, I I hit it big and it looks like overnight. You're not hearing about all the stuff they did to get there.
0: Exactly. And, another you know, example is some of these authors that are out there going, I've made millions of dollars from my book. What they didn't tell you was it wasn't from royalties. It was from the back end through multiple funnels, m- multiple joint venture partners, and all these other things that they had lined up. And they're, it's almost tricking people going, hey, you're going to make this on royalties. No, you're not. And that's one thing yeah. we tell our clients. Like, listen, you're going to make you'll make some nice money on the on the front end with royalties, but you make the life-changing money on the back end with what you're selling. And that's why 70% of our clients are business book clients where we're like, "Hey, what product or service do you want to promote with your book?" and we help them get crystal clear on that offer. So when that book launches, Then they're able to do that. And then what what do they do? As you know, you're leveraging it to have the print version, to have multiple paperbacks in stock. So when you're going to speak into events, you're giving those out for lead generation or you're selling them if you need to, or you're using it to build relationships. Because when you network at an event, when you have a book versus a business card, it's powerful. And that's one of the things that we want to emphasize because it's not an overnight success. And you're not going to make millions of dollars just based on royalties. You've got to get out there and sell. But having that book is a great conduit to help you do that. And that's one of the things that I was going to make clear with that. When you do have that opportunity to share your story, because that book has so many powerful things that you can do with it.
1: You know, Paul, I have a question for you. Do you mind if I ask you a little bit about the uh, publishing business? You
0: can ask me anything you want.
1: Oh, goody. So... If people already have a publisher, are you still able to help them or only if they publish with you?
0: That is an awesome question. And the answer is yes, we can help. So one of the things that we're actually doing is we have a client, which I can't mention his name due to confidentiality right now, but he's a Wall Street Journal bestseller, awesome guy. And he actually has another launch coming up where he has a company that he utilizes to help him get to Wall Street Journal. They do marketing, yeah. and then they also do the um, do the book. But he wanted some additional marketing support. So we're like, yes, we can help you. We talked about our services. Yes, I want that in addition to this Wall Street Journal service. So we're like, cool, done. And the other thing is, with a lot of other companies, they only do the publishing side. And there's so few publishers that actually do effective marketing, even outside of the big five. The big five want people that have platforms. The reason that they go after so many celebrities is because they have platforms. Look at that whole Kardashian-Jenner yes. family. They, their social media reach is ridiculous. Their show's ridiculous, yes. but they have ridiculous yes. social media. So any book publisher is going to run to them to do a story because they have such a huge reach. And that's what most of these traditional publishers are looking for now Or people that already have established platforms. They do the book for them. They might help them get a little bit of PR, get them on a couple TV shows, especially if they're celebrity. But for the average person, for the person that's doing their first book, you're, you're pretty much doing it yourself in terms of the marketing, even if you have a publisher. Yeah. And then you, what do you have to do? You have to build a platform. So the nice thing with our company is we focus on book promo companies. We work with over 20 different book promo companies. We have a sequence that we started with my own books four years ago, and we perfected. And the result is we help them become a number one best-selling author. And the reason we do that is mainly for credibility. And it's not one of those things where you're number one seller for an hour. You take a print screen and you're an author. No. We need to make that at least 48 hours. And here's the example. Lion King came out last week, right? Made $150 fifty plus yeah. million plus We look at it like that. It's like when a new movie's coming out. Okay, you're number one. Great. How long? Okay. Need to be at least 48 hours. Now, our expectation is always it's going to be longer than that. I actually had a client last year that was number one bestseller in at least two categories for over six months. So it just depends on the book, depends what your strategy is with that. But my rule of thumb is it needs to be just like a movie. It needs to be at least 40 hours, if not longer. Otherwise, you're gimmicking it too much. It needs to be for credibility But the other thing is when you utilize a company like ours for marketing is that we're going to make sure that you're crystal clear with your offer so you can recoup your investment as soon as possible. My main priority is I want our clients to recoup their money within 30 to 60 days, and we're going to help them do that.
1: Wow. That's awesome. I mean, anybody out there, I can tell you this. Even if you have an amazing publisher, you are absolutely right. Basically they'll help you for a couple months and then you're on your own. That's it. I know firsthand. So definitely you gotta look Paul up. I mean, Paul, how many authors do you think you've helped like that?
0: In terms of number one bestsellers, I think we've got over thirty right now. And which isn't bad because we really haven't pushed it that much and a lot of those have happened in the past few years last couple of years in particular, especially when we transitioned out of coaching to more into the done for you services. So it's a lot, a lot quicker to do and it's a lot more streamlined.
1: So are you talking about, you've helped 30 bestsellers that you didn't publish or they also publish? Combination.
0: So we, we've had people that take advantage of our marketing packages. We have people that do both. So it really just depends on what the person needs. And and that's our approach too. We always offer a complimentary strategy session. And all we want to know on that call is we want to know about you. We want to know about your book. We want to know what you want out of it. Yeah. We want to know the content of the book. We want to know why you're passionate about the book. And then we want to know how we can help. Yeah. And if we can't help you, we're going to tell you. We're very blunt. Maybe it's an exercise yeah. kicking in. But we're going to tell you if, if we see potential in your book. And if we don't. We're going to send you on your way with some great resources, but the one thing we're not going to do is waste time. We're, we're not going to promise you to move yes. in the stars and not deliver. We have a system.
1: Right. If you don't think you can do now, it, you're not we going have to have do a
0: system. It. We know what we're doing and we're going to be all in with you to make sure that you have that support. And I think that's the biggest thing knowing that yeah. you've got someone who's all in with you. And also, and you know this, if you send a book out to a publisher, a lot of the time there's going to be communication issues. They're, you're not going to be involved in the process. You're not going to know what's going on until the book comes yeah. out. We're different. We promise a guaranteed response within 24 hours. You are always in the loop. We send out wow. the edits to you. You're going to approve them, not us. You're going to go through. You're going to make sure you're happy with yeah. everything. If you're not, you tell us we're going to fix it. Same thing for formatting. We're going to send it back to you. You're going to check everything. The book cover design, that's the other thing. And I'll give you an example. We screwed up a cover a few weeks ago. Probably the f- first one we've ever screwed up. There was a miscommunication. Uh, we weren't crystal clear with what the client wanted. We sent it back. He was very upset. We said, no problem. Tell me exactly what you want. But I said, don't give us anything general. You tell us exactly. We did that. Last night, I sent it to him. He's actually an Australian client. It was absolutely perfect. So just realize is it a perfect process? No. Are we going to nail every single yeah. cover? For the most part. But if we screw something up, we're going to fix it. And I think that's one of the biggest things, knowing that you have that level of accountability, that everything is done right to your specifications, or it doesn't get done. Because we give our clients the final approval on everything. And by having that collaborative process, it builds the trust, it builds the relationship. And the most important thing is they have a great experience. Because when someone is happy with the experience they have with you, That is the best advertising you can get. Because what are they going to do, Sandy? They're going to tell their friends, right? They're going to tell people in their network going, hey, this guy is for real. This is what he did for me. We had a couple challenges here. This is what he did to fix it. This is a stand-up guy. Go talk to him. And that's our philosophy. We don't promise the moon and the stars. We want to help. Our main objective is to help people share their story. And that's it. We want to make that dream a reality.
1: I freaking love it. I mean, you know, I feel like we've talked about a few different subjects here. Like we, we've we talked about the health and the fitness. We talked about, you know, sharing your dream and writing a book and trusting, you know, the people, you know, that you're working with. But I think that the one thing that I really, really, really want to emphasize here, as far as your company, listen to his voice. I mean, talking to you, if my book was within your hands, I would feel so safe. And whether it's you or anybody else you're working with, make sure you take the time, right, to get to know the people, whether it's a book or anything, right? Make sure that you really feel like comfortable with them, like you've done your homework. Don't you think, Paul?
0: I think there's two main things I want to advise on that. One is trust your gut, no matter what yeah. I said with, with, you know, we, not all of our clients decide to work with us or potential clients decide to work with us. I say, hey, trust your gut. If it feels right, then let's pursue it. But if it doesn't, don't not a guy that trust yeah. his gut a few weeks ago. He's like, you know, I'm just not ready right now. I said, good. You trust your gut and you get a hold of me when you're yeah. ready. You contact yeah. me a few days ago. Hey, I'm going to be ready in a couple of weeks. And one of the other things that I emphasize with that is ask, that company what their core values are. That's a litmus test because if they yeah. cannot answer that question in under five seconds, you have your answer. So someone asked me, what are my core values? Truth and service. Latin phrase, Veritas et utilitas.
1: Ooh.
0: I believe Howard University has that as their slogan, and that is truth and helpfulness or truth and service. And that has been my own personal motto for decades, and that is the same motto we have with our company. We're always going to be straight up with you. We're not going to mess you around, and we're going to be there for you. When we have a client, we are all in with them. We will do ev- anything that it takes to help them, support them, and to make sure that book is leveraged to their best opportunities possible to help them grow their business, establish that authority, and just take their businesses to the next level. And the other question I get, too, is like, do we do we help with fiction, children's books, cookbooks? We do. That's a smaller part of our business, but we do help with that. But our primary focus is to help people that are wanting to share their story, coaches, consultants, speakers, to get those speaking fees up, to get those services promoted. But the main thing is, too, we want to make sure they're good people and that they legitimately want to help others. If it's just people looking to get rich quick, we're not going to work with them. We want to make sure that they're giving back and they're helping other people because what I've learned when you do that. Everything else takes care of itself.
1: Wow. Paul, thank you so much. I mean, this has really been helpful. And I know my listeners are going to enjoy it on so many different levels. But before we wrap up, I always want to give you an opportunity. Is there anything that we didn't get in that you want to go over?
0: I think we're good. This was a nice conversation. As we talked about before the show, nothing's off limits with me. So I'm having a great conversation. It's been a pleasure, Sandy.
1: All right. So listen, how can they reach you? I mean, we'll have it all written up, but I want to just make sure that you tell them, how can they reach you?
0: So the easiest place to go will be system.com. Again, the website is getpublishedsystem.com. You can, also go okay. Get Publi- you can also go to getpublishedpodcast.com. We do have a free resource on there, so you can grab a free copy of our Get Published book. This is an opportunity to set up a strategy session if you like. You can check out the podcast. You can even check out information about our second um, business book that we're doing in 2020 because we just finished the first one with there's 75 people. We're going to go for 100 for this one. So if you just want to get a little taste of potentially sharing your story, we would love to potentially explore that with you because in this current book, we have stories from an 8-year-old. Uh, a very determined 8-year-old tells her story about gaining access to the Queen of England and then we also, so she's our bookend, her eight-year-old. And then we have an 82-year-old who talks about surviving World War II. And, of course, oh my and that 82-year-old survivor was my mom. So it, it, it's pretty awesome having people sharing their story. It's a uh, it, pretty amazing thing because we mainly focus on four areas, overcoming adversity, building relationships, the power of faith, and then creating financial freedom. So it's a, it's a very fun project, and uh, we'd love to talk further. No, wait, it's
1: all in that book?
0: Yeah. No way. Yeah.
1: And when is it coming out?
0: It already is, and it's already number one bestseller.
1: <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, is that the one that you – wait a minute. Wait a minute. You were telling me that there were 75 people working on the project, and it, and right? it's
0: done. Finished, finished. We put it out Sunday. It's been number one ever since.
1: No, wait, you put it out when? Sunday. No way. Mm -hmm. You put it out Sunday.
0: Yep. We haven't even promoted it that hard. It's already getting a ton of reach. We have I'm looking at it right now. 11 reviews. It is number one in information.
1: No, wait, and tell tell me the title again. It
0: is the Get Published Business Book. So you could actually type in Paul Brody Get Published or Get Published Business Book. This is the business book.
1: I thought you said that, but I didn't know that was the title of the book.
0: So the book right now, number one, a couple of different categories, uh, 47,000 overall, which is pretty darn good. So we're not even really pushing this book right now. We're doing the launch on Monday, the the official launch launch. But uh, we're we're having a great run with it already. A lot of people spreading the good word with it. And um, it's amazing when you have 75 people promoting their chapter in the book, it brings a lot of reach in.
1: I didn't understand. When you said there were 75 people involved, I didn't understand what you meant. 75 people. You know what I mean?
0: 75 chapters. Each of them had an opportunity to share their story. So everyone shared something different. We had people talking about keys to marketing, growing a business from the inside out. Um, In terms of building relationships, investing in people, the fun of fandom, community involvement through Rotary. I'm a Rotarian. So we had um, a lady talk about our Rotary Club in there, our president. We talked about not supporting nonprofits and then about overcoming adversity. We talk about the power of hope, embracing pain as a gift, kind of like what we were talking about, overcoming insurmountable odds, being a caregiver, and then about the power of faith, being a cheerful giver, spreading kindness, fulfilling your purpose. This book has a little bit of everything and we have our bookends. We have our eight-year-old and our 82-year-old and everyone else in between. Oh my gosh, I'm excited for you. It's fun. It's been a great project, but I'm going to tell you the greatest joy that I've, that I've had with it is seeing our authors become so excited. Half of the authors are local here in the greater Arlington area and the other half are in Canada, Australia, UK, all throughout the U S but it's just so great to see them going, Hey, I'm a published bestselling author. It's really cool to see their excitement. And, and let's face it from a backend perspective, It's good for business because several of those people that are part of the book, they now want to get what I call a book book. And they want to work together on actually getting their own full books done. So it's a great opportunity to get a little taste of uh, what it's like to be a published author, to go through the process. And uh, we do everything for them. So all they need to do is write the chapter or we'll actually interview them over the phone and get it that way. Then we edit it, goes back to them for approval, format it create an awesome cover it's done so typically the time commitment for the person can actually be less than 10 minutes
1: unbelievable crazy crazy paul i'm so excited
0: hard work but it's been fun
1: yeah well paul this has been a pleasure thank you i mean i'm sure i could keep thinking of something else to ask you and we could keep going but i think we got it all in i think they know how to reach you I think they know what books they have to buy. I mean, it's, I, I don't want to say have to, but, you know, your story has been very inspiring. All right, um, and Paul. And the, nice thing, well,
0: and the nice thing is too, is there is, um, on the website too, there's an actual books page that they can click on and yeah. they can just see all the books. I will tell you the, uh, my first book is free on Kindle. And so Ooh. is motivation one-on-one. So if they just want to grab the free version, they can just go to my website. It takes you straight yeah. to the link.
1: All right. What are you going to do the rest of the day? I mean, I know it's a little earlier there.
0: So I've got the book launch. Um, so we're still prepping for that. Um, I've, you know, I've got a few more things to get sorted out. I'm actually going to be at a national conference in a couple of weeks. for my business fraternity and Birdie Consulting is actually one of the sponsors. So we're getting a few things together for that. So the usual stuff. My goal is to go to bed before 2 a.m. tonight. So I'm hoping we can make it happen.
1: Yay. And, and get in your pool. you did you already do that?
0: Oh, no, that's coming. That that pool time is critical.
1: All right. Well, Paul, thank you so much. And my listeners, for let's keep it real. Shout out to Paul Brody. And until next time, just have fun. Enjoy yourself. Be kind to yourself. Go hug some stranger just to make yourself smile. And you know what I'm going to say. Toodles.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.